America and Earth. This is the first uh, recording of a new podcast out of the state of Iowa. We're calling it Rock Hard Caucus. Ayo! <laughs> you get it? If I played the intro music before this, I just want you to know it's not the Christmas tree song. It is the, the song of Iowa. That's the official state song. Okay. The words are completely different. Uh, we're recording this because our state, Iowa, we have the first in the nation caucus in the presidential election. And therefore, we have an entirely unwarranted influence over the electoral process in this country. And because of that, you are now required to know what we think and how we uh, how we want this world to function. And you you don't really have a choice in the matter. Like yeah, we, ha- we decide. You just have to live with it. Yeah, that's right. Our decisions count more than yours, and that's just how it's going to be. So sorry. Yeah. So For I'm absolutely no reason, but I think it's very warranted. Right. And we absolutely uh, set the tempo for uh, your lawmakers by uh, placing kernels of corn in jars at the state fair every year. Uh, That is correct. Yeah, exactly. Just keep that in mind. We are electing the president corn, and there's nothing you can do about it. We hold all the cards. We wield all the power here. Uh, And who are we? Do we want to introduce ourselves? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. Yeah, sure, sure. I'll go first. I'm playing host because I have the most radio experience. I'm the most professional of the the group here. My name is Justin Comer. Hi, Justin. Hey. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, so uh, Evan, you introduce yourself. (laughs) Okay. I'm Evan Jones. um, I'm a very critical person who doesn't have a whole lot of formal education, but has a lot of very unfounded opinions. Um, that I will spew at you, machine gun style, uh, for the remainder of this uh, recorded audio event. That's right. Uh, Natalie, you want to go next? Yes, I am Natalie Harwood. I am the token girl and employee of Abortuary. Yes, thank you for uh, providing our podcast with some extra weight by not being another white man. Yeah, it's really, really important. Instead, yeah, instead of a fourth white man, we have a white woman instead. So that uh, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> that makes our, our podcast Which is more notably important. an excellent demographic with good opinions. Yeah, th- <laughs> let the record show. Uh, and uh, white women <laughs> are good. Exactly. Yep. And uh, who is that last guy that just said exactly? <laughs> My name is Chuck, uh, Chuck Yanda. I'm from a very uh, proud lineage of uh, um, Yandas. There's mostly in Iowa, um, but I'm basically here to uh, occasionally laugh at something and wait for anything that is said to trigger a pop culture reference in my brain or maybe, remember, <laughs> or maybe remind me of a post I saw on the internet. So, Yes, Chuck will be playing one of the joke boys for this show. Joke boys, token girl, and host. That's right. Um, I'll add that we are uh, located in separate cities in Iowa. We have a pretty decent coverage of the state. Chuck is up in the first district. I'm in the second. And Evan and Natalie are both in the third district. Yes. So we've got your bases covered. Yeah. We we are the central, central Iowa correspondents, Natalie and I. And Eastern Iowa correspondents are Justin and Chuck. Right. And we, we, we do no Steve King country representative. Yes, we do not represent Steve King. Or oh, Steve yeah. King does not represent us, rather. Correct. I was uh, I think I called that the fallen kingdom when we were discussing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do not have any anyone located in that area of the state because uh, everyone over there they don't have There's compu- actually they're actually not people. They don't have no. computers, is what I was going to say. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I went a little further than that. But Western Iowa essentially doesn't exist. Yeah. No, um, it, it's in case you're wondering. and bean fields. If you've seen um, like the, the scenes in the Lord of the Rings movie where the orcs are being born, it's kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how Steve King came out of the muck. Like, all oh, yeah. And that's... Um, out and then the big white hands. That's actually not punching down because I was born in Sioux City, so I am one of the orcs that has reformed. 
Yeah, you have some salacious history as a, a resident of a certain neighboring state uh, oh. that we won't discuss. Uh, yeah, I've never lived outside of Iowa, actually. <laughs> yes, that's correct. We won't discuss that at all. The fact that you've never lived outside of the state. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so we have, uh, together, we've drafted a list of demands, and this is uh, for... You know, for the people who live outside of this area to consume and, you know, really internalize. And, you know, everyone must meet these demands. This requires collective uh, co- conformity to, to our demands so that the world will be reformed in our image. Mm-hmm. We're influencers. I want to redo my introduction and call myself an influencer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so our, our list of demands, we have 10 of them for you today, um, and I, I want to make it very clear that this is not an exhaustive list. It is not ranked by importance. Uh, we may revise or amend this list at any point in the future, but only we may revise or amend it. You will have no part of this discussion. This is entirely uh, coming from us. We have the final say here. Uh, every demand comes from us and must be obeyed by you, the listener. Final and only say. Feedback not accepted. That's right. Criticism, constructive or otherwise, not accepted. That is exactly correct. Uh, do you guys want to just jump right in? I can start reading them yeah, off. and let's we do can... it. Let's do it. We'll start right at the top. Yep. Okay. So number one on our list of demands. Healthcare as a universal right. Free at the point of service includes dental and vision, abortion access, mental health treatment, and gender affirming surgery. Did I miss anything there? Nope. I don't think so. Um, one thing that I've always liked about the idea of a country uh, like ours, uh, sort of not having, uh, you know, a universal system of healthcare for its residents, is the idea that you have to like earn this. Like, you have to be, uh, you know, your your worth as a citizen is weighed directly by the amount of capital that you produce and uh, your your productivity or whatever. Whereas uh, there's many, many places around the world that this is this is like this is common practice. This isn't like, you know, this anyone that's listening to this is probably very well aware that uh, the system that we have, it exists exclusively here. Uh, It's it's you know, it's it's objectively inhumane. It's objectively extremely bad. Um, I mean, you, you look just just as an example, we take people that. Uh, maybe diabetic, uh, and, you know, when we look at the price of insulin just continuously increasing over time. Uh, there's lots of, you know, very lovely stories about people dying uh, because they can't afford this, like, very basic necessity to treat their condition. Where the patent was given away for free. Exactly, yeah. Right, right. Oh, and in America, we believe the bones that are in your mouth are different than the bones that are everywhere else. Yeah, that's and why you shouldn't I, be allowed to take care of the ones in your mouth. Yeah, that's yeah, why I good ones. that's why I They're included uh, dental and vision there because I almost forgot that that's not just like bundled in. <laughs> it's yeah, astounding. it's easy to forget. I would also say that this applies to anyone who resides here, even if they are not a citizen. Yeah, because, absolutely. You know, they're here. I think it's kind of important for you know, like the people around you to be healthy. Because it's like generally like a good thing. It's like a good thing yeah. I think for people to have access to healthcare. I mean, stop me if I sound like I'm too much of a radical here, but <laughs> uh, we're all radicals around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll mention that uh, Chuck mentioned, um, you know, not having to actually do anything to deserve stuff like this. I think that's kind of a common theme throughout our demands here. Is that your productivity does not. Uh, you know, determine whether you define your worth as a person. Yeah. 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 You guys, anything else that you wanted to touch on with that? Or, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward, of course. Yeah. Uh, did we say it includes like all sort of like, uh, reproductive, like basically like any sort of like, yeah, I said abortion access specifically, uh, but right. uh, Right. Yeah. I mean all of that stuff. And Natalie knows more about that obviously than I do. We believe in elective abortion on demand as birth control. No restrictions whatsoever, ever. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say access to, like, medical devices and, like, any sort of, like, technology that is developed. 
mm-hmm. like uh, think, you know, like prosthetics and, and such. Yep, I, I think the general consensus here is that um, I mean, basically throughout all of these, just looking over them, is that uh, we generally believe that when uh, you know you know, the lower class is doing well and is well taken care of. Like when an entire country is, you know, doing well and, you know, being taken care of that generally everything is better for everybody. I'll drink to that. (laughs) Yes, me too. Yes. Good. And, uh, we will of course dig deeper into probably all of these topics in the future. This is sort of, you know, just giving you an idea of where we are. So demand number two, drug legalization. Yes. All of them. Voluntary and accessible addiction treatment as part of demand number one. Uh, yes. A hundred percent. Basically, instead of incarcerating people, if they have a drug problem, you treat them through community measures. You provide harm reduction strategies for them or, you know, services that they can Needle use. exchanges, safe injection sites, Narcan for every American citizen. Yeah, some people are just going to be on drugs, and that's okay. Right, and the thing is, the drug, drugs itself is not a crime. There are people who are addicted to drugs who do crimes because they're addicted to drugs, but it's it doesn't need. To, there's no reason that it should be something that should be criminalized in addition to any other crime that's that's committed. Like right now, I it's kind of a double we whammy. Spend an entire episode talking about as far as the you know, for-profit prison system that we have in this country. Um, what is it? I think we got nearly like 2.2 million adults that are being held within prisons right now. Uh, and that's, um, you know, was, was, was clocked at the end of 2016. So that's roughly for every 100,000 people that are residing in the United States, there's about 655 of them that are behind bars. And we've seen this number, increase at a historic rate since 1985 uh, and that of course coincides with the beginning of the war on drugs but like i said we could probably spend hours talking about that but so i don't want to get too hung up on that also and we probably will spend hours talking about it yeah exactly yeah also drugs are kind of fun and can be enjoyed in moderation yes we like drugs too yeah they're a praxis like it doesn't necessarily have to be a society destroying thing I think most people know at least one drug user. In fact, I think most people know many more than one drug user, and that includes (laughs) alcohol, because that is a drug, and it's, in fact, one of the worst drugs. Yeah, uh, it's much, much more intoxicating and problematic than weed. Justin doesn't get to have an opinion on this, but... (laughs) And we can also talk about, like, the disproportionate sentencing between... Punishment that's handed out uh, for charges uh, for cocaine possession or yes. uh, crack cocaine possession as well, right? Which disproportionately targets. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we're legalizing it all, so I mean, that's right. Yeah, no problems there. I yep. mean, there's like a discussion to be had diagnosing like what the current problems are, and like when you break mm-hmm. down those massive numbers um, by like demographic, you come down to between one in four to one in three. Um, black men being in prison, which is just fucking astounding. And especially when you um, combine it with this, like, narrative that, like, um, African-Americans come from these, like, broken homes or, like, single moms are such a big problem when, like, we fucking did that in the first place. Like, that's our fault. Like, Mm -hmm. when you really start to get into the disparities... I think that's interesting and important as much as like just how the enormous volume of people yeah. are in this It is system. a healthcare issue. It is not a criminal issue. Absolutely. Yes. And I want to add that uh, any single one of these demands taken on its own will not solve all the problems. All of the, me- all of the demands must be met together. Correct. Because it all feeds into each other. They're we live all... in a society, y'all. <laughs> That's right. We it's do in, uh, in a society. It's an unavoidable interconnected web or whatever that quote is. Uh, also, I'm sorry for saying y'all. How dare you? Yeah, this is I'd the like Midwest. I'd to you in advance. All right. Uh, demand number three. This is a spicy one. I plan on getting in lots of fights over it. Oh, also smoke weed every day. Yeah, go for it if that's what you want. If you want to. <laughs> or not. You don't have to, but I mean... That's something you could do. For sure. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Demand number three, open borders. Borders are fake. If capital recognizes no borders, neither do we. 
that's right. Yeah, it's just lines that some asshole decided should be there at some point in like forever ago. Like, it is important to remember that every border was drawn by an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> all of them yeah. drawn by assholes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, what's the point? Like, we're all we're all humans, you know. It's like, why are we afraid of other people just because we're like threatened economically? Well, we have solutions for that too. Stay tuned. That's yep. right. <laughs> okay, on to number four, or do we have any more border crap to discuss? Uh, no, we can get into that some other time. Yeah, we That's will... an enormous conversation. Yeah, I feel like that I one's going to make some people eat. pretty mad. But, yeah, and it's know. actually... Which is good, but it's pretty I feel important. like it is good. we it's should devote a lot of time Iowa. to that. Yeah. This is important. It is. Uh, the largest immigration rate in history happened here. Yeah, if anyone right, wants to... Uh, that is true. Yeah, post bill. Google, mm-hmm. say... Uh, farm labor in Iowa and, you know, report your findings. <laughs> we can't be bothered to do that. I mean, we content creator. We'll Google it later. <laughs> 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 All right. Demand number four, uh, prison and police abolition. Uh, probably another pretty spicy one. Uh, prison exists to provide forced labor. Police are enforcers for the ruling class. Only trust your fists. Police will never help you. I don't trust my fists, but... <laughs> I agree. I think uh, again, it's sort of a community. There's a community solution for this that doesn't involve punishing people. It's to me, it, it's extremely good that we have this uh, sort of like hyper militarized police force that exists in you know every town in America, uh, where they have this just disproportionate amount of fucking power against everyone else that uh, that lives there, and uh, they're basically equipped with the right to kill you at any given time. Uh, they can lock you up for whatever the fuck they feel like at any given time. Uh, and, you know, the way that you're punished and uh, treated uh, can basically just boil down to whatever fucking mood they're in. If the mood is uh, seeing a black person, it gets a lot worse. Yeah, 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 that's not a good mood to be in if you're a cop. If you punish people, they generally, like, behave worse after right. they're on. You know, like, it's it's not really a productive way to run things. Can um, verify due to parenting. <laughs> right. Also, I would say that includes abolishing any sort. I mean, it's kind of, I guess it's obvious, but abolishing the death penalty of any sort. Because Absolutely. Yes, yes. as a libertarian, I don't believe that the government should have the right to. I don't okay. believe the government should. No, listen here. I don't believe the government should have the right to take a life from any human being. No, I mean, you're completely yes, right. But <laughs> I also think that libertarian. I mean, I think some of them. Sorry, are you disrespecting my political beliefs? Yeah. Sounds like it. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Natalie touched on this briefly. I do want to add that she is a mother in addition to being the only woman on this podcast. So that, you know, elevates our discussions. As someone who is investing in the future. That's right. Yes, I am like raising the next generation braver than a you know that i bought yes. hundreds of dollars worth of keys for rocket league so i too have invested in the future <laughs> uh evan said braver than the troops and speaking of troops uh demand number five death to imperialism withdraw all troops abroad abolish the air force uh complete nuclear disarmament i'm not going to pretend i know everything about this topic but i think everything i type there is good i think that's admirable that's an admirable goal to um you know, stop doing things that don't really serve any productive purpose other than cementing our place in the world at the expense wow. of anyone. No, hold on. At the expense of the, literally everyone else who lives on this planet. Yes. Wow. I see that you have given zero thought to how the corporations feel. The job creators. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, words on those in the next demand if we're ready to go on. Uh, well, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. Let's no, no war, no war. Yeah, I want to add, like, the existence of a standing army. I, I don't know. I feel like bigger than just abolishing the Air Force, there's, like, a large conversation to be had about that and what the utility is. And, um, like, having a conversation about the poverty draft. All this. I mean, that's a big, that's a whole episode's worth of material. But I want to throw that in as other yes. stuff that kind of piggybacks off of it that's important. We want to cooperate yeah. with other nations. We do not want to destroy them. Yeah, we can completely ignore the for fact our that own the, material gain. Right, that that the the budget for the Air Force is around 165 billion dollars per year, uh, which if you take that 
and put it towards, uh, as we touched on earlier, uh, universal healthcare. It uh, very close to, to fucking paying for it completely uh, based off what we just, already spend. Yeah, just that one Medicare branch. Medicaid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm down with abolishing the whole thing. I think for sure we can get rid of the navy. I mean, what are what is the point of that? Yeah, boats. Isn't that like? It's old like what is technology? this? Like, yeah, what is this? Like the fucking 18th century? Well, well, I mean, there's a lot of water on Earth. You know, have you thought of that? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I knew someone who's in the Navy and they don't do anything. Yeah, they don't do anything. They don't do anything. No. And you get to be worshipped and have your balls gargled for the rest of your life, and you don't do anything. You just sit on a boat and then come home. I that swear sounds to pretty God. good to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then for years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, keep, keep the navy. <laughs> okay, okay, you're right. You're right. Keep the navy. Okay, yeah, we'll get rid of all the other ones then. Perfect. All right, all right. just navy. Perfect. Yeah. All right, so speaking right, of uh, the job creators that you mentioned a, a minute ago, demand number six is work abolition. Society must be reoriented to prioritize the distribution of resources to meet the basic needs of the population. Employers and employees, both in quotes, will be irrelevant. Uh, yeah, I think it's more about abolishing the need to constantly be productive. You can yes. work if you want to. That's perfectly fine. But if you don't want to, you can just like read books or like watch anime or... Um, you look at posts. Look at posts. You know, just hang out with your your bros. You could also enjoy some of the legal drugs that we've you know made available to you. Might happen. What about the economy? Um, well, we definitely have enough resources to go around because we have like you know an industrial sort of society. Yeah, this this demand is actually the most fundamental one for me because uh, like the thing that bothers me the most about just being alive is that I have to be productive for somebody's, you know, increase of wealth in order to just, like, eat and live in a house. Yes, like, your your human value is not determined by whether you can produce something for someone else or not. Not in my book, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, just do you. That's basically what it comes down to. We need still need to produce things, and, like, things that are actually important to produce are, like, things that we can collectively agree upon that they're important. It isn't necessarily about, you know, like right now we have a system where it's just about filling someone's pocket. It's not about doing what's the most productive thing for everyone, you know? Yeah, we collectively agree and we collectively uh, benefit from the production. Yep. Democratic control of industry and production. Yeah, it's pretty basic stuff, honestly. It's pretty basic stuff. We're not going to mention, you know, any sort of like philosophical underpinnings or arguments or any sort of like books that might, you know, possibly no. reinforce such such no, an idea. Not at all. I've never read a book about this and it just yeah. it just happened in my brain is all. Yeah, we just right. I mean, it makes sense it makes sense intuitively, honestly, that a, collect, I mean, I, I a collectivist a period, society, so. like a society <laughs> where like you know, everything is controlled by a collective forces is a lot less scary than one where like there's a handful of completely unaccountable people who control everything. It's like a lot and less scary if you really like crimes. if you really sit down and think about it and you look into your own soul, then you'll realize that it's probably best for us to to organize. Yes, look within. Look within. Marianne mindset. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, number seven. This is the climate change one. Uh, wind power only. All fossil fuel extraction must be ceased immediately. All oil and gas currently above ground must be ingested by billionaires, particularly oil executives. Hmm. Yeah, I'm imagining like some sort of like fucked up, complicated second life machine that's like uh, strapping billionaires to these. Uh, I don't like that these part. nodes <laughs> because as, a, as, oil into them. as a libertarian, I believe in the non-aggression oh principle. So I mean, I think that the billionaires. <laughs> Should just have their resources reallocated, and yeah, definitely no fossil fuels. Um, yeah, but also chose... that goes to the environment as a whole. That includes access to water. That's a very important one because that's going to be a huge. I mean, that's part of climate change too, but it's going to be like a huge thing in the future. Yeah, good point. I chose wind specifically because we're Iowa, so you know, wind is right. the yeah, important one. Yeah, we don't have the water so much. We got turbines for days out here. We do indeed. But yes, the environment yep. should be protected because, you know, it's kind of like we all live on this planet and there's like really no escape unless you perhaps have billions of dollars. And well, 
this is what we have Elon Musk for. He's going to take us all to Mars. Yeah, I don't think he's planning on taking no, us all to Mars. No, he's taking himself <laughs> to Mars and maybe Grimes. Yeah. Maybe Grimes. He and, he and Grimes are going to repopulate the entire fucking planet by themselves. They're going to create a master uh, society. Yeah, they can take some of Jeff Epstein's DNA that he was saving to repopulate the world Ugh. in his image. That's All right, right, I think we're getting off track here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Um, we're probably going to do a whole Epstein episode at some point, so look right. forward to that. <laughs> hopefully uh, sooner than later, before that before that pie cools no, in the window still too much. Hopefully, um, hopefully I'm dead by that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, this is demand number eight. Uh, it's something I think we touched on briefly before, but uh, every person has a right to safe, decent, affordable housing, including the inalienable right to unionize as tenants, large-scale rent control, stripping of profit motives, and all public housing built and maintained by union workers with contracts requiring local workers and materials and an eventual transition to nationalized public housing. Natalie wrote Jesus, that one. That's very complicated. That? Yeah, that's yeah. a little Sorry. complicated. I think that we should just say that that like <laughs> shelter, human rights. shelter is good. It's good to have a roof shelter over your head. Good. Imagine yeah. thinking any of that is bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, if I'm involved in it, it will be very long. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I shouldn't to remember, be allowed to do that. I'm trying to remember the exact number right now, but um, from what I can recall, there are. Uh, around five vacant properties for every homeless person in the United States. Uh, most yeah, of which like are, yeah, most of which are left empty from like, just like a fucking foreclosure crisis. Like, there's really no reason that we can't mm-hmm. be putting this to good use. Like anyone 100%. that ever, yeah, anyone that ever makes the argument like, no fucking immigrants, like fuck off, we're full. Like we're fucking not full. No. Like, yeah, <laughs> do you think that America is full is the dumbest imaginable shit? We have vast uh, natural resources that other countries right. are fucking envious of. That's literally like a main reason why America is so powerful that it is today is that we literally lucked into this amazing continent that's like super isolated from the rest of the world and like has right, super abundant and us. like super like overpopulation is not a problem in the United States. Sorry, Agree. No, not at all. Not at or all. Or Earth. Well, we it, have, like, in certain areas of an Earth, but yes, in general, no, it's yeah, not a problem. I don't know. The it, it's a problem that will solve itself as we actually progress as a fucking species. Yeah, if we if we allocate resources correctly, it is not a problem. Um, the population argument has always been really stuck in my fucking craw because it's a it's a, a eugenics argument, and yes. Um, yes. it ultimately blames like environmental issues on brown people having lots of kids which is fucking stupid we have enough space and we have enough food and we have enough resources we just don't want to use them and we would prefer to go and like sterilize people um versus like trying to more properly distribute land and resources so that everyone has enough yeah, we're not going to give them access to like contraceptives and and you know reproductive rights and stuff but we're also going to to be mad at them for like doing what humans do with yeah, some exceptions with which is having white sex. nationalists are getting so mad about like what is so bad about being a minority in the United States like come on um there are actually more women on earth than men so uh and probably in America too I'm not entirely sure about that but so uh, technically I am part of a minority, and it is great. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a minority as a white male Bernie Sanders supporter, so... Yeah. Right, yeah. We're actually the most persecuted race on the planet. This is all irony. Please, please don't. Yeah, please. Yeah, let's, for full disclosure, <laughs> this is, we're doing irony. Uh, you're going to hear not a lot write. of irony on this show. Again, do not write. There's no input allowed. <laughs> no, don't please email don't be mean us. to us. Uh, Jill Curranitis, please don't be mean to us. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be mean to him. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned, world. We'll discuss the Joel in the future. Uh, <laughs> demand number nine. This is one of the most important. Uh, everybody has to be gay now. That's right. Yes. Enough said. Everyone. Self-explanatory. Next one. That's right. That's right. Uh, and the final demand for now. This is number 10. Uh, we may write more in the future. We may amend the ones that exist already. Uh, number 10. Everybody must follow us on Twitter. Uh, the That's show right. the show account is at Rock Hard Caucus. Uh, do we want to plug our personal ones here? Or 
Is Absolutely that not. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll plug mine on here. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at crdipshit. Uh, there's not much there. I mostly tweet about uh, getting mad at the junior league hockey team that's here in town. <laughs> uh, I, I occasionally reply to people, but uh, there's not much there right now. But, you know. There's a lot of hockey content. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hockey content on there. The boy loves hockey. I do love hockey. <laughs> Um, I am at George Horwell, um, but the last L is a one. George Horwell. That's Natalie on there. Uh, I just use my name, Justin K. Comer. Uh, you know, I post pictures of saxophones and shit like that all the time. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I yell into the void multiple times a day. I have a secret Twitter account that... Um basically is a inversion of what people normally do on social media, which is like promote themselves. It's more of a way to tear myself down just because I kind of just hate the idea of social media in general to a certain extent because I'm a misanthrope. Um, but uh, no, I probably will create some sort of like different Twitter, like official normal, normal guy, normal, normal opinions, Twitter account at some point. In the future yeah, so stay tuned for that so stay tuned <laughs> i guess i probably won't tweet very much <laughs> we're, we're not gonna dox you so don't worry uh i will say that evan is not a misanthrope he's actually a very loving human being oh thank absolutely you. i'm not i'm just hard on myself <laughs> uh so did we something i i kind of wanted to do in the first episode was maybe do some caucus predictions the iowa caucus is february 3rd uh you know it's like six months away I think we all maybe have different ideas about what's hmm. going to happen. I think the tea is about to fucking get spilled. I think so, too. Well, I think if you couldn't have figured it out by now, I think we all have a specific candidate that we believe is going to be the best candidate. That's Andrew right. Yang. Yeah, Michael Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was talking about Marianne Williamson, but... Yeah, that's right, yeah. No, um, there's another guy who has like white hair, but he's not named Joe Biden. And um, you may have heard of him. Oh yeah, I mentioned him earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forget his name, but yeah, <clears throat> I think we're all pretty much on board with that train. But uh, there's a lot of other candidates. There's in fact, there's like way too many of them. I think so many. Yeah, and they've all been hanging around, like yelling at us in the state. Yeah, they I all mean, text you all the time, especially John Hickenlooper was on me. I know he dropped out now, but he was his staff was messaging me a lot. And they're, like, they're like fucking mercenaries. Like you're not volunteering. Yeah, that's another you, thing right? that maybe people who don't live in Iowa don't understand about the political process here is that you will be subjected to just psychological warfare here basically on all fronts non-stop just non-stop like you can't Television, escape you radio, can't escape this mail. shit they will they will come to your house they people, come to your house they I've will had someone people come. will come to your house i i have come to people's house to do this <laughs> yes he has uh I, yeah i, I want to say that john delaney was campaigning in iowa in like early 2017 so it's not even just an every four years thing it's just a constant cycle yeah, there's really no escaping it at all. It's it's there's kind not. of it's democracy in action, obviously. It's this is the the perfect way to do things so that, you know, that everyone gets an equal say in things. So let's let's start with like sort of like one of the more primitive uh uh immediately accessible forms of uh advocating for a candidate. Um so I know around here the only yard signs that I've seen so far around here uh, there's one over on the northwest side of town, uh, not too far from where I live, and there's one over on the southwest side of town that is a giant uh, Tulsi Gabbard sign in these people's we yards. We have yes. them too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's not just here. So like, she it, has they have like, like a sign huge... spinners. Yeah, exactly. Just like a huge sign in this, these people's yards, like Tulsi I, 2020. I, I feel like smiling face on the banner. I feel like Tulsi Gabbard is kind of like the Ron Paul of the Democratic primary. Um, this, yeah, I think that's apt, yeah. That's I mean it's not quite one to one, but no, she's but it's, got yeah, some it's similar. definite crossover. She has so much signage, billboards, and I seriously saw probably ten people out with giant Tulsi signs like spinning them. Yeah, like and the people who are into her are really into her. I mean really we're into really her. into that one other guy, but like 
<laughs> you know, it's like this. Whole it's thing. weird and when I other people it, have other opinions. I am very attracted to her. That's but... true. It is. It is oh, weird sure. that other people have like other strong thoughts. It's dumb. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. We've already discussed that they can, you know, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we're drafting the list of correct opinions here, so just chill out, everybody else. Uh, there are like three or four or maybe even five giant Tulsi billboards on Interstate 80. I don't know if you guys have seen them. I have not. Yeah, I've driven uh, back and forth between Des Moines a few times, and it's, you know, they're huge, and they're lit up at night, so everyone knows who Tulsi is now, or they don't. Mm. And my parents ask me every time they see it who that is. Who's who's that again? Uh, T- Tesli. What's her name? Tesla. Yeah. She's the most Googled candidate Tesla Scabbard. every debate. Really? But Tesla sure... Scabbard is such a sick name. If <laughs> That was really her name. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> She's the most Googled candidate. Which, like, but they don't, like, measure, like, what people were Googling her for. And it's for sure, like, her feet. But, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Or, like, I don't know, same with, like, Marianne Williamson. She was Googled a lot, and I know mm-hmm. it just has to be, like, what is her what is her facial regimen? Like, does she bathe in virgin, virgin's blood? But, like, they're the most Googled candidates. So, like, congratulations. Marianne Williamson's feet. I'm going to try and Google. Oh, <laughs> This is not what you want from uh, me right now. So, in terms of yard signs, uh, there's a... <laughs> <laughs> there's a castro one in my neighborhood but that's really like all i've no seen shit. around here yeah just one and it's it's interesting yeah. it's like it's like a half size yard sign like it's uh vertically chopped in half or horizontally i mean so he he really skimped out on the yard signs that's interesting that's gonna hurt him that's um i honestly have not seen too many signs however i was in cedar rapids like a weekend or two ago and uh, there was a Bill de Blasio, a couple Bill de Blasio signs uh, right God. outside of uh, New Bohemia in Cedar Rapids, which was really kind of fascinating because I was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's been spending a lot of time here and like making a lot of people over in that other city like really mad. I mean, they're always mad at their mayor no matter what. But, <laughs> yeah. But he, he kind of sucks anyway, but... I saw yeah, a Bill de Blasio attack ad when we were leaving from our church this morning that was like, New Yorkers to Bill de Blasio, where the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> Whoa, people are running anti de Blasio ads? Wow. Yes. Dude, I this is, is what I was saying about money on that. Yeah, the intensity of what a waste of money. propaganda <laughs> being spewed in our faces. It was like 10% of New Yorkers are homeless. Where are you? It's a, like, what? It's That's amazing. A good point. It was on Fleur Drive in Des Moines. Like, Hmm. Uh, Natalie brought up another thing about herself that I forgot to mention earlier that adds weight to our opinions. Uh, she goes to church. I go to church and I'm teaching Sunday school and my husband is becoming a mentor for the young men in our church. Yeah. Good. So we have a woman who is a mother and she works <laughs> <laughs> at an ab- abortion farm and she goes to church. So you have to listen to this, and nothing we say is bad. Right. Well, according to my my Steam account, I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey for uh, 18 hours in the last three days. So that's <laughs> kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I go to a church where they're like, like half of them are atheists, but I really like to pretend. Like it makes me feel very good, like very self-important. I go to church. I'm still like kind of rattled by the idea that there's Bill de Blasio attack ads that are around here. Like, what the fuck? What is he pulling at around here? Like, how much God, how much support I, do you think he really that has? Was a, to say no, that was one? another thing. That was the other thing about it. I forgot to tell you. It said you're pulling at zero percent. It was a picture okay, yeah. of Bill de Blasio, and on one side it was like New Yorkers are asking where you are. Here's the homelessness rate, and the other one was like we're pulling at zero percent. It's amazing, and it was like facing my church. Yeah, that's definitely by design. There's like definite purpose behind that placement i definitely remember that there's been a lot of new york uh new york city mayors who have actually won the nomination including uh rudolph giuliani um michael bloomberg when he ran in 2016 because he was really mad about bernie sanders um they all yeah. have had extremely successful national political careers it's really kind <laughs> yeah, of, they, it's they kind all of killed amazing. it out there yeah yes and our biggest source of 
our our future, which is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, which is doing really well, and nothing is going wrong there right now. Where all he's campaigning around the country, yeah. they're having no issues regarding shooting black people and then covering it up. Yeah, he's someone who I've had my eye on for a while. Um, he he kind of disturbs me, and not for any reason that you might think. Uh, more because he seems to be the embodiment of a complete empty suit. He did all the right things. He kissed all the right asses. Uh, but I'm not sure why he's here, honestly. Like, he, he just basically seems to exist, basically to reflect people's desires for... Hey, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Very Obama-esque, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he seems to just be a reflection of our what we want to believe is our best selves. While he, he's whatever you want him to be. Yeah, he's basically whatever you want Obama to be. That's what Obama did very well. Is like he, I don't, I don't ever remember Obama having like really, like extremely hard line, uh, you know, policy ideas when he was campaigning. You know? Hey, he no, was he for single nothing. payer health care. I loved him. <laughs> he was for single payer health care. He said that. Mm-hmm. Before in no two thousand, yeah. yeah, before he. Uh, like that was the thing with like him and Hillary. Yep. yep. Early on, that was a big thing. Fuck, you're right. Uh, yep. He said he would close Gitmo. Also. Yeah. He oh did. yeah, he did. Yeah. But then he was got in office and he realized like, hmm. Wait, this shit rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So skipping ahead to current day, uh, how do we think it's going to stack up? I mean, we're like six months away from the Iowa caucus. Well, uh, we can definitely predict that with complete accuracy. Yeah, we're going to be right. Whatever we say here will be at least very close to... There the are truth. no... The polls don't actually move. They're basically, you know, they're stuck in, in the ground. They're static. Yeah. And every so, one of the polls is accurate. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm kind of pessimistic about it. Like, I remember back in 2016, you know, we were like maybe a week or two away from election night and uh, Evan and a few other people and I were in this exact uh, discord server. And uh, I was like, uh, guys, Trump's going to pull it off. Like, this is absolutely going to happen. Like, this is not a slam dunk whatsoever. Like I, I just, just from like seeing the energy that these people had uh, that this is going to be a thing. And we're talking about a guy that was like, getting laughed off the stage, you know, like a year and a half prior and was like, you know, sort of considered a novelty within the Republican Party. I mean, even in his debates with Hillary, people were like, oh, that was a fucking joke. Like, yeah, he's exactly. nothing. Exactly. Well, it's like, oh, he's done now. She helped him like, become, like, she wanted to run against him, yes? Because she thought yeah, it would be absolutely. so easy. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's yeah, partially her responsibility thing. he's even there. But that's because they're so focused on the superficiality of, like, I mean, obviously, Trump is superficially a fucking terrible person, and it's, like, obvious, but he at least, like, spoke about people's, like, economic concerns, and even though he blamed it all on immigrants or whatever, it's, like, just being better than Trump on moral grounds is really not a great way to to win No, not at all. Well, I mean, yeah, and did did they even really make that case effectively? No, I mean, the the horrible speech was, like, totally... Just mocked, yeah. widely I, mocked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was right, but, you know. Yeah, it was just a total flop. But, yeah, it was hard to take seriously from, from someone like her. Okay, I would like to steer us back to prediction territory, if that's okay. Yes. Uh, Chuck, you said you had a, a very pessimistic outlook. Yeah. Would you like yeah, to provide it, us with your prediction for the Iowa caucus? Okay, so it springboards perfectly off of what we were just talking about. Uh, I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier my pessimism about, like, you know, the days leading up to Election Day back in 2016 where I was like, dude, Trump is going to fucking do this. Like, he has provided something to this. <clears throat> He's provided something to people that it's got them excited. Like, people that don't normally really vote that normally wouldn't necessarily consider themselves Republicans. We're going to go out and they're going to vote for this guy. Um my biggest fear, well, I mean, I don't really call it, I guess it's not really a fear. It's like what I, like, in my, like, deepest, darkest fucking heart of hearts thing is going to happen is, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be Trump versus Biden in 2020. And uh, the same thing's going to happen that happened in 2016 where, you know, we're just going to fall flat on our fucking faces because <clears throat> we can't learn from our mistakes. And by we, I mean uh, the Democratic Party, uh, not necessarily meaning we as in uh, the collective sort of left, I'm meaning like the people that are going to have to fucking vote for one of these people 
you know, because we're not fucking going to vote for Trump, obviously. Yeah, and we live in Iowa, so we basically have yeah. to vote for whoever the Democrat is. Yeah, ex- exactly. We, we really do. I mean, I know that all of us here, uh, I know that Justin and Natalie both in the past have put in a fucking ton of legwork around here. Um, I remember Justin going to great lengths uh, to go to bat for Bernie Sanders back in 2016. Uh, and I believe you actually traveled as well to go and do work for his campaign. Am I, am I correct in remembering that? Yeah. Like I, out of state? I canvassed in four states, yeah. Yeah, so like, I mean, there, there's no lack of boots on the ground. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I plan on getting much more involved this, you know, this time around because, I mean, it's really now or never. Um, yeah, it is. I don't want to. I don't want to sit and fixate on the idea of the country being in this sort of backslide. Every candidate is just a variation of like right-wing policies, whether it's further right or not quite as far right. But I really, truly do believe this is one of our last chances to sort of turn the ship around. And uh, you know, Bernie's absolutely the man to do it. So I know that we're going to be putting in work to do that. Um, anyone listening to this that's in the area, uh, you know. I'm sure we can get some, uh, you know, resources out there as far as like what we might be doing. If you want to come join us, you know, whether it's knocking on doors or it's, you know, going to the farmer's market at Cedar Rapids or just whatever it is, you know, but I mean, realistically, uh, just because there's so much money and time and energy being put into manufacturing Joe Biden as the candidate. And there's just enough people that are around here in particular that get that cozy sort of Obama feeling from him. Like they, they you know, when they see Joe Biden, they think, yeah, that was, he was Obama's guy. I fucking loved Obama. He was great. You know, like a lot of these sort of older, more, more centrist, like less progressive sort of Democrats that are around He's here. He's a low information voter, like standby. Exactly. So like, exactly. let's be back to normal voter. Yes, normal exactly. Voter. That is exactly where I was going. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, that is what I'm afraid that's going to happen, but if I have anything to say about it, that's not going to be the case. I mean, I'm going to do what I got to do. You know, I'm going to go to bat when I need to go to bat, but I, I, I really fear that it's just, it's going to be 2016 all over again, except it's going to be Biden instead of Hillary. So Which is that's worse, sort of my somehow. prediction. Yeah, yeah. literally yeah. Is worse. Is this possible? is what I was I was very mad in 2016 because of all the people who were like, well, they could have just run Joe Biden and then everything would have been fine. And like, yeah, I honestly think that Joe Biden probably would have won in 2016, but if you look at his legislative record, it's literally worse than Hillary's. He's more conservative yeah, than it Hillary. Is. It is. It's absolutely it's the case. Significantly. significantly, yeah. Like Hillary Clinton would have been a better president than Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. We referenced earlier uh, you know, an episode of Chapo where Michael Moore was on stage with them. And I feel like he brought up a very good point, And that is that the Democrats waste far too much time attempting to appeal to this, like this mythical, like centrist base that maybe votes Republican sometimes, maybe votes Democrat other times when in fact they should be expanding to the Non-voters. largest voting block. <laughs> yes. The largest who don't voting vote. block. Exactly. Yeah. Like expand the party, like fucking, reach out to these people like give people something that it's like tangible give them something that is actually going to fucking help them like reach out to these people like m- make this hard promise like it's it's not fucking difficult like let's stop wasting time with these if people. we could get every fast food worker to vote then this country would change fucking quick <laughs> like absolutely okay mm-hmm. and like if someone works at mcdonald's what the fuck reason would you have to go out and vote for joe biden like well, yeah or really just, anyone <laughs> i mean without all the options other than the one you. candidate who actually shows up at fast food restaurants and protests yeah. for a living wage there's one candidate who does that bernie marched with mcdonald's workers in cedar rapids yes this summer yeah Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very, very... He's a huge presence in Des Moines. I'm terrified of Pete Buttigieg. He has a huge presence. Yes, he has a very big millennial and older... There's a lot of older people who admire him, too, because they like to think that, you know, they're down with the kids. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, he's, he's, he's a gay man. He was also, he's also a veteran. Yeah, he's, he checks a lot of boxes, and if you ask him, he will tell yeah. you that he checks all the boxes, and that's why he's... He's a great candidate. 
He's uh, honestly, uh, he seems like the kind of like egomaniacal, like career politician, the absolute kind of people that we do not want to be running this country. The people who will sell out basically anyone in order to increase their own standing. It's it's disgusting. Do you think he beat Trump? No, I think Pete Buttigieg. If I have, I think I think Elizabeth Warren will probably beat Trump if she goes up against right. her. I mean, I know that's I don't. Probably. I'm not saying it's likely. I mean, I'm not saying it's like a, a lock or whatever. But yeah, it would be slim. It yeah. would be slim. Bernie, I think, has the best chance. But Pete Buttigieg, mm-hmm. I there is basically dunk. no scenario that I can imagine him winning because the whole goody two shoes, like I said earlier, the the moral arguments about. You know, Trump is obviously like the people who like Trump realize that he's an immoral person, but it doesn't matter to them because it they think that he's going to help them somehow materially. And Pete Buttigieg is the exact antithesis. Like Trump will bat him around like a fucking cat toy. Oh my god, can you imagine Jesus fucking Christ? <laughs> I'm imagining it now and I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm imagining the fucking content in the posts. Are you going to are you going to thrill up your spine like uh like <laughs> Joe Biden or whatever? <laughs> I like I was talking earlier today um about how one of the things that drives me the most crazy is um this idea that um if trump does something no matter what it is it is inherently bad so if we draw any mm-hmm. like correlate uh, like if you can say that bernie is in any way like trump then that's an argument that he's bad mm-hmm. when it's like no trump fucking won though and there are things he did, tactics that made him win, like going straight to the people. Right. Like it's, what Trump did with Twitter and what he can do with like workarounds like Joe Rogan or whatever. Um, you know, they're saying opposite things. So it's extremely stupid to compare them. And the things that he does do that are similar, like uh, like point out things about the media. I mean, I don't think Trump's like media criticism was legitimate. Right. right. But like dog shit. But, like, the similarities are good. The right. things that well, are similar between them are good. They can't see context. Like, it's very, very easy to manipulate context and just, I mean, I would like to think that it's just a blind spot, but I know better that these people literally know what they're doing and that they are basically just manipulating. Yep. Uh, I will say, um, unlike Trump, though, uh, Bernie has never been a Democrat, so... i never thought about that that's a good one that's a good point (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go i'm gonna put myself out there a little bit and uh, i'm gonna make a couple of concrete predictions about the iowa caucus in 2020 i'm gonna say that uh by the time we reach the caucus there will be fewer than 10 democratic candidates (laughs) in the race (laughs) and (laughs) i'm going to say that uh bernie will win uh, he will not get a majority. He'll get a plurality. I'll say it'll be somewhere between thirty and forty percent mm-hmm. of the state. Honestly, I would okay. probably I would say like we'll, we'll go. I'd say twenty seven percent, but I think that's still enough to win. <laughs> I think yeah. I think I'm being optimistic, but uh, I'm gonna stick to that. I feel like well, I don't know. We'll see. I think the Iowa caucuses are are a slam. That's job. another thing is we we're talking about delegates earlier, but the way the Iowa caucus results go, it's by delegate count, and the way it works is. Uh, it's not like one person, one vote at all. It's oh well, why why not? <laughs> well, because well, as isn't uh, that certain, what everything in the country is supposed to you know be I have based a on? Ant in step aunt <laughs> has very controversial opinions about how democracy is bad, basically because she believes that she is better than other people and does not believe in the concept of egalitarianism at all. Um, which I mean, that's a kind of conservative thing to do, you know. Well, conservatives don't like democracy at all, anyway. They don't. They like to think no. that they're the like kings of their own domain or whatever. They don't want to have to deal with other people or other people's opinions or any sort of like collective good. They just want to believe in the power of the individual over everything else. Which like gives them an inherent advantage in the system, and until people can figure out, like, no, they just. They just don't actually care about democracy because everyone's like, how dare you, sir? Like, it's just like, no, they don't care. And unless you start operating as though you understand that they don't fucking care about democracy and you have to fight back with voting rights, you're going to continue to just get clobbered because they just keep trying to appeal to their values. It's like, yeah. So do you want to do 
uh, ranked like candidate. Like I guess, like I said earlier, Pete Buttigieg scares me. I feel like he's gonna finish like top four. Let's all do our top four then. Who we think will will come out on top? Oh God. Okay. I don't want to go first. You guys okay. go first. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Bernie one. Honestly, after that, it's a crapshoot. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Warren two. Harris three and Buttigieg four. The reason I'm not including Biden in the top four is because he will be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He'll have been His tied into the Epstein will be thing. Completely smooth. Will Will there be some shocking revelation about Joe Biden doing some horrific, horrible sex acts? We can only hope with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> uh, well, that'll all be gone completely in a week, yeah. so no worries there. Yes, they will wipe our minds clean like Men in Black. Right, yeah, Men in Black, absolutely. Epstein will have been completely fucking eliminated from any kind of uh, media circulation by the time... Anyway, I'm sorry, I said we weren't getting into that, and I got into it, but... (laughs) You have to understand that this podcast is very, very ep-pilled, and we're having a hard time not discussing (laughs) it. Yeah, it's a shadow over the whole thing. It's a shadow. I'll say uh, Bernie 1, Liz 2, Buttigieg 3... Uh, fuck. Biden or Harris for? Um, mm-hmm. I'll say Biden. I don't. I don't think Harris is. I don't think the way she crumbled in that last debate. I. I don't know. I don't feel yeah, like she. Didn't do any any momentum that she gained in the first debate, she lost the second one. But I don't. I don't see her connecting. That that makes me. Uh, another thing I've been thinking about as far as the debates go is. Uh, the debates largely serve as nothing more than like, yeah, political theater. Pretty much useless, but they do shape yes. narratives, which are more that's, important that's, that's than the actual point. content of the debate, which is because of the horrible that's, that's media. The point, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and to like get digs and dunks and like he wrecks her. Yeah. Like, do Democrats love epic clapbacks more than anything? Clapbacks, like yeah. Clapbacks. <laughs> I mean, they love yas queening. They I guess love just all that the shit. thing with Harris is that she just does not. She's another inauthentic politician who. Yeah will say the right things when it's convenient, but not very convincingly, and will, you know, like, obviously have a terrible record of, if you actually look into it, you know, like, her time as a prosecutor, you know, in California. Yeah, I not, have... Not good uh, at all. The, there's a lot of shit on her, too. I don't think that you were my Facebook friend when I posted the, um, like, 10-page paper I wrote about all the reasons that I hate her so fucking much. Oh, yeah, there's a I lot have an, of... an extra special torch against her fucking hater. Yeah, she's she sucks. She sucks so, so bad. I'm, I'll, I'll go now, so... The reason I'm putting, I know you guys are both so far pretty low on <clears throat> Biden. I'm going to put him at number one uh, just because if you look back to 2012, uh, Obama was the more popular candidate by the, the popular vote in Iowa and by the Electoral College. Uh, he was somewhere around 52%. And I think there's still enough people in Iowa that have these fond memories of like, let's go back to the, the good old days, like where the worst scandal was a tan suit. Like that's the fucking. Oh, I hate that line. Exactly. That I think that's still something that's in a lot of the older voters' minds. The thing about Iowa too is that we're pretty comfortable here. Yeah. We don't have you know there there's a lot of there's social problems everywhere, but we don't have some of the scale of problems that you know like larger populated areas. I I will amend that a little bit to say that the people who are going to vote in this election are very comfortable. Yes exactly. That's true in general but like there we don't have this sort of big urban centers where people will you know. Yeah Mm -hmm. and like our our shadowy underclass is kind of the the immigrants that we have here who cannot vote and cannot leave their homes Mm -hmm. because like so it's like it's not that we don't have people here who are vulnerable and destroyed by the system it's just that they literally cannot vote okay so you said bernie biden chuck what so, yeah like no he has oh, biden, biden one yeah oh. i i've got Traitor. i don't okay. no hey listen i'm just you know well it's this, a prediction I don't care. This isn't a what wish, i want you know? okay like for full disclosure <laughs> this isn't the secret this is not the secret he's giving his real opinion all right i am giving all right you can go uh I think that it's going to be very close between the two of them in Iowa. Um, I know that there are a lot of people, especially in eastern Iowa, where most of the population of the state live, that are very on board with Bernie. They fucking love the guy. Uh, you know, they, they do anything for him. 
Um, Evan made a very good point uh, a few weeks ago when we were talking about this exact same topic about how enduring the bases are for these various candidates. Um, I think that, and I'm just echoing what, what this is the point that he made. This isn't mine. That uh, Bernie by far has the most enduring, durable floor of any candidate in the state. So I think that the people are going to come out big time in support of him. And I think it's going to be very close between him and Biden, but I have this fucking horrible feeling that he's just going to get edged out just slightly. Exactly like in 2016. Exactly like in 2016. So I am going to reluctantly say Biden at one and Bernie at a close second. Ideally it'd be the other way around. Um, I think Warren's done enough to warrant a third, like a solid third here. I think that so far it seems like we're, we're all sort of on the same page about her being right around that area. Uh, I don't know. Like you could put Buttigieg at you know four. Um, you could maybe put. I mean, Ga- I don't know, dude. Gabbard at four. But I, I think it's eh, to me, it's just like that. the, the bot. To me, it's just the, it's the bottleneck at the top that's really going to define it. So yeah. I'm going to go Biden, Biden, Bernie, Warren, and I mean four. Just pick a body in a suit, like. Roll the dice. That's all they are, baby. Draw a card. Yeah, draw a card. Just whatever you want to fill in for number four. Go Go fish. All right, Natalie. Okay. Yeah, so it's me. Um, I I put, and I don't think I'm vision boarding it. I I genuinely do think that Bernie is wildly popular. Um, I think in my experience working within the, like, Democratic Party apparatus here, the people who are... Leftists are leftist, and that's yes. some, and that's something that I think people don't understand is like the the contingency of people here within the Democratic Party, the Progressive Caucus, they are hardcore, um, and I do, I really think that he can pull it out. I think he's really popular. Um, I. I have, I just have such a, a hard time with Biden. I have such a hard time because he's just like so bad at campaigning. I just have a hard time thinking that he isn't just going to fucking say a racial slur or like just like, <laughs> I don't know, his like brain is getting smoother and smoother. And I think like maybe we're like, we do need to take into account his like very, very obvious um, senility right. as like a factor yeah as like a factor that is like could throw an enormous wrench into this because otherwise I would put myself pretty thoroughly on um, Chuck's side as far as the assessment of Biden but I really just think he is not holding it together so and it's, re- real quick I'm sorry before, before you go on uh, would you change your mind if Obama came out and endorsed Biden that's not oh. going to happen, dude. Ugh. Obama, apparently Obama tried to but... talk him out of running. <laughs> yeah, that's, I did see that, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't know. Um, I think Buttigieg is going to be formidable here. Um, yeah. I'm going to take Harris out of the top, even though, like, I have, like, some of the most frothing K-Hive friends on my social media so it makes me She's difficult for me to not to think of her as a threat and it's just like astoundingly obnoxious well, i think she definitely has a lot of the hillary crossover like there's yes. of, of any candidate yeah. she's probably the number one hillary crossover yes and she the, well the biden, that, biden too but whatever go on sorry i'm gonna say i think we're all kind of ending up in in somewhere i think warren is, is a solid third um, I think in particular in the Des Moines area, um, working in like various nonprofits here, there's a, a pretty significant kind of master's degree class, like people, I, I don't know, who are very into Warren. Um, I, th- I think that she'll do very well here. Um, I'm going to put Buttigieg at fourth just because I just see too many of his like Little weirdos everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Little Buttigieg weirdos. Little Buttigieg weirdos. My uncle is like a reasonable person who is now on the Yang Gang, and I just I cannot fucking get over it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was just like. How can I forget Yang? Yo, Yang's number four. Yang's my number four. (laughs) Yang's number four. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck not. (laughs) Sounds good. He's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm gonna put uh, Bernie Biden. Warren Buttigieg, and I hate it. Good shit all around. <laughs> Very encouraging. Yeah. Uh, so 
uh do we want to wrap this up somehow yeah i mean i don't, I don't think there's um this is a good starting point for us and yeah, if you, you know, we've, Agreed. We've, we've got some, some stuff, you know, kicking around for the future. Um, there's some media criticism we'd like to do with some local writers of note. Uh, we'll dig into them sometime later. Uh, for now, uh, if we happen to get anything out before this Wednesday, August 21st, um, I'm going to be canvassing for Bernie in Coralville. So if you want to come with me, that'd be fun. Uh, but you can also look up any events uh, that the Bernie campaign has going on by going to map.berniesanders.com, putting yeah. in your zip code. There's an, Donate. there's an app you can put on your phone to Canvas that's super simple and super slick if you're like a social anxiety type um, who's really intimidated by the idea of going door to door. You can get an app. It's like uh, the Burn app and you can Canvas yes. just like the people around you. Like even if – because I have that – Um, working, doing quite a lot of legwork for the Democratic Party, I have that as a big concern about, like, this is intimidating, um, or I have, like, some anxiety about this, and it's very, very accessible. So just download the app and, like, talk to your friends and people around you and put their information on there, and it's, like, super simple, and, like, canvassing can be just the people that you have near you who might like find the message to be valuable. Like it doesn't have to be as scary as it seems, but it is important to understand that we have the people and they have like, and that's what matters mm-hmm. is yeah. the numbers. Yeah. Like the that's guillotine. the only thing that beats run. the money. Although he's got some good fuck you money at this point too, but yeah. right. Number one volunteer, if you can, I'll be uh, right. canvassing. Um, next week, I believe. Um, Hell yeah, baby. Um, number two, give money if you can, um, because that's what makes the world go round, and especially it makes politics go around, unfortunately, as it may be. Um, and uh, number three, post if you must. <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely. It's the but most effective form don't, of don't <laughs> trick yourself. Don't trick yourself into thinking that you're doing... Uh, doing a whole lot of anything other than entertaining yourself, but entertaining yourself is also good too. So, and And also making, making your family members hate you for being (laughs) a weirdo socialist freak is also, it reaps benefits in the long run because you don't have to talk to the people you don't want to talk to anymore. Anyway. And number four, uh, listen to this podcast and tell everyone, you know, to listen to it. This is uh, rock hard caucus. Thanks for listening to the first episode. Goodbye. Vote for Daddy Bernie, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, Cardi B is cool. I always, I always, that's how they sing it in the tall corn song. Other people call it Iowa And they're both just a little bit wrong